At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. A warm up for Lebo. Welcome to Las Vegas for Tuska Soups with myself, Craig Eves Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be having a two-parter here as Blake Lovell. He does great work over at Southeastern 14. He is going to be joining me in segment number two. We are going to be diving in with what we've seen in the SEC in recent days with Grant Nelson seemingly going to Alabama. For some reason, he hasn't become official, official, but we're thinking it's about as official as it gets. And I'm going to ask him if there might be some parallels between the SEC and the Big Ten. Not in terms of the SEC going to like big men playing super duper slow and having none of their teams be able to make the Sweet 16. I'm sorry. I am a Big Ten guy myself from the great state of Wisconsin, so I poke jokes and I feel the misery myself, but I'm talking about in terms of the way that there isn't as much of that clear number one this year in the SEC, but it feels like there's a lot of good top 20, top 15 type of teams in the SEC right now. We're going to be taking a look at that. We're also going to be diving into Kansas State, what they've been able to do, bringing in Arthur Kaluma, and I'm going to give him the floor as we're going to talk a little bit about what the Big West has done this offseason and the way that UC Santa Barbara has been a very nice surprise with what they've done in the transfer portal this offseason. So, nice way, wide-ranging chat there. We didn't get a lot of news and notes of college basketball over the last 24 hours, but we did see a few transfer moves. I'm going to round those up here in segment number one. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today. And as a friendly reminder, conference previews, they are coming, and they are coming very, very soon. Plan is to have three conference previews done within the next seven or so days. Going to be diving in on the Atlantic 10, the America East. Then we're going to be diving in on the Big South as well. So those are three conferences that I am going to be hitting over the next few days as it does feel like we're getting more and more clarity with these rosters and we are getting more and more guys that are sort of just looking for a home and they're diving in. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Big West in segment number two with our good friend Blake Lovell and they got a pair of ads on Thursday with Jordan Brinson, someone who was at Fresno State, was a little bit recruited but just could never get out there on the floor. Six foot two, a little bit of a combo player. He committed to them. The bigger one, 
G&I Hunt, who last year he was over at Sacramento State, and he was a solid player at Sacramento State. Not a primary scorer, but did a nice job being able to handle the ball. Seven points, three assists, a 2.3 turnovers per contest. Shot 37.5% from three. You may know him best as he was one of those cogs that helped Oregon State be able to make the Elite Eight a few years ago. And it's really hard to think that Oregon State, less than 36 months ago, was in an Elite Eight, but that's the landscape of college basketball right now. Both of them decide that they are going to be going to Cal State Northridge, a.k.a. CSUN. It's been a rough last few years for CSUN, the Mark Gottfried situation that was... Not great to say the least. They had to hire Trent Brown on the fly. Trent Brown, he had some success with the Lopez twins when he was at Stanford, but really past that, it's not been a great run for him as ever since he left TCU, TCU has been able to ascend. And I do think that CSUN, who I believe that they were the team that hired on a D2 coach from Cal State Bernardino. I'm certainly going to be looking into the Big West within the next few weeks as well after I do the Big South. I believe that that'll be the next conference on deck. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to bring in some nice talented pieces as they have been very competitive here in the transfer portal. And I do think that these are going to be pieces that they're going to be able to work out. Hunt is someone that is a good primary passer, but if you need him to shoot, he's able to do so as well. They also bring in Mohamed Fofana. He was playing at Bernardino under that tutelage as well was a very good score over there. One of the better D2 players in all of college basketball this past season. So I do like what they are building over there. We did see a power conference move as Wilhelm Breidenbach, who was playing over at Nebraska last season, he has decided that he is going to be going to Washington. He is from the West Coast. I believe that he was born and raised in California, a former top 100 recruit, according to most publications, but just could not really find his footing over at Nebraska. He was averaging right around 13 minutes per contest, gave the team about three boards, three and a half points per contest. Able pop threes has never really had any success of being able to pop threes, but this is another cog for a Washington team that I feel like they've done a relatively solid job in the offseason. Xavier Wheeler is going to be a make-or-break player. If he's able to be in his own, if he's not turning the ball over, doing a good job of being able to dish it out, it could be very good because we saw when Xavier Wheeler was trying to pretty much play one-on-five when he was at Georgia, slash two-on-five when he was playing with Anthony Edwards, didn't work out so well. Meanwhile, when he was with a full complement of pieces over at Kentucky, he was able to do a very rock-solid job. So that is going to be an interesting tandem. They bring back quite a bit of the roster from last year. Moses Wood is someone that's got some size. He's able to pop some threes. So I actually do think that Washington has had a nice haul here in the transfer portal. And it's just a Pac-12 in general that has quite a bit of stink as you don't necessarily have the most formidable teams. And one team that we're going to be talking about is in the Pac-12 that I feel like has had a very disappointing offseason. We're going to dive into that in segment number two with Blake Loveland. It might not be a team that you expect, but this I think is a relatively good ad as well as D. Barnes. He was a whack sixth man of the year about a year or two ago for Southern Utah. He has decided that he is going to be going to high point, and this guy is not going to be a low point for them. Last year shot 43.8% from three, six points, two and a half rebounds per game. High Point was such an interesting team last year in that they got off to a really nice start. They were a nice bankroll builder towards the beginning part of the season. You were thinking, High Point is a high point for my bankroll, and then they became a low point for your bankroll when it came to Big South play. So they were 
an intriguing team to say the least. A lot of it was because, for one, they weren't really playing any defense whatsoever. We got to call it what it is. And it felt like they were getting a little bit of shot luck towards the beginning part of the season. That really regressed. Bringing in a guy like a D Barnes, I think, is a constant. It's going to be very big for them. And High Point has done a nice job of being able to retool here in the offseason as well as they brought in quite a few guys. I like Liam McChesney is someone that's six foot ten. He's able to pop some threes. Trey Benham is someone that comes in from Lipscomb. Pavo Dizibilia. He's a little bit of a foreign transfer that was over at Maryland. He's got some nice moves. Duke Smiles, he's someone that comes in from Troy as well. So, all in all, I do think that this team has been able to do a solid job in the transfer portal. And being able to add a nice sharpshooter like that, I think it's very rock solid. And then P.J. Fuller, he last season was able to deliver about six points, two and a half assists per contest while he was over at Washington. Well, Washington, they gained a transfer, and now they lose a transfer. But for a good friend of Mr. Fuller, he decided he is going to be going to Detroit. And for Detroit, as we know, they are looking to turn the page. It was the Antoine Davis show this last few seasons. As a matter of fact, last five seasons for them. But they could never really ascend to stardom. And perhaps a little bit more of a well-rounded game might be able to help out this team. Because you bring in someone like an Alex Tichuku, he's going to need a little bit of a waiver to play. But he's six foot eleven. He should be able to do a very solid job down low. They bring in someone like a Jaden Coleman who never really reached his full potential at Tulane. But I think that he's a little bit of an upside guy as well. Donovan Totley. If he's able to find that form that he had many years ago when he was in the fold for Chattanooga, and this is way back, 2018-19 season, but as a freshman, he was registering right like 11 points, three assists per contest. There could be a little bit of something there, and Fuller is a guy that you do want to build around because he's not necessarily a great three-point shooter. He, for his career, shot right around 30% for three, but six half points. He did a good job of being able to dish out the ball this last season at Washington. There were some um, injuries that were had with Keenan Metafield as well, so he had to step in. He had to play a few more minutes than expected, but with P.J. Fuller, he's been able to do a solid job at a high level as he began his career at TCU as well, and all in all, I do think that this is going to be a good pickup for a guy that is going to do a nice job being able to dole out the ball. If you take a look at what he was able to do, really more towards the non-conference portion of the season as he got banged up late in the season, was unable to play really in late February into March. But first 10 games of the season, which he was a starter, he was racking up three and a half assists, one and a half steals, eight and a half points per contest. So I do think that Detroit was able to have a nice ad in a rising league that has been a little bit on tough times, but we always are on good times when we're joined by this man. Blake Lovell, he does great work over at Southeastern 14. We were talking a little bit about CSUN a bit earlier. We're going to give some love to the Big West. We're going to be diving in on the SEC, what to make out of the news of Grant Nelson, most likely heading on over to Alabama once again. Strange that it's not become official official yet, but we're going to be diving in there. Sorry, but we're going to be diving in on teams that have had a rough off seasons, and we are looking at you, Kentucky, and so much more. That's up next right here on Coast with myself, Kentucky Peterson, now a part of the Family Market. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here at Bobby Las Vegas. For just kisses with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this fan as Blake Lovell does tremendous work over at Southeastern 14. Take a look at the great game of college basketball. And hey, for those that are a fan of the SEC, SEC baseball, very prevalent at Omaha this weekend as well. So it's nice to see them being able to do a solid job on that front. But Blake, I know that he's doing an amazing job getting set for the upcoming season. Does a great job on the SEC front, but also does a great job as a helping hand for Blue Ribbon Yearbook and their previews as well, covering the entire landscape of college basketball. And you're able to follow him on Twitter 
at the Blake Lovell. Last name is spelled L-O-V-E-L-L. And Blake, always great to get you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks as always for having me on, Greg. Thank you for joining me. And Blake, I think the biggest thing that we've seen in the SEC over the last few days is Grant Nelson heading on over to Alabama. I don't know if they made it, and I air quotes here, official, official, but sounds like that is going to be forthcoming. And I just feel like this was one of the best fits that we saw in the entirety of the offseason because just with the way that Alabama plays, they play at a breakneck pace. They need a guy that is not necessarily like one of those bulky six foot 11, 250 pound big men that can't run the floor. They need someone with versatility. I think Ryan Nelson fits the bill as to exactly what they need down low. Yeah, I think so too, Greg. I mean, this was a team as we've talked about this summer. Given everything they lost from, you know, being the number one overall seed in the, the tournament last season, they got their guards back. They got Quinley back. They got Sears back. You know, they added some really talented guys we know, Wrightsell and Estrada and those guys. And Griffin's coming back, could have a, you know, a big season. But man, you think about who they lost with, with Brandon Miller and Noah Clowney and uh, Charles Mediaco. That's a lot of size and that's a lot of length and guys that really could help them out on both ends of the floor. And, I think that's what Nelson certainly brings to the table. You know, as a 6'11 guy that can score, you know, he can rebound. A very good player that I think fits into exactly how Alabama wants to play. And that's what we always talk about just with the style that that Nate Oates likes to run. You have to find the guys that are going to fit well into that. And their skill set has to kind of match what they like to do there. And, And I feel like Nelson is really a perfect fit. I mean, I know that's a strong phrase to use, but I do think he probably fits in about as good as you could just given his skill set and how Alabama wants to play. And I do think that just taking a look at where Alabama fits in the hierarchy of the SEC is interesting because with the SEC, I just take a look at this conference and I feel like there's a lot of teams that are going to be vying towards the top. I fully expect Florida to be much better this season with it being year number two under Todd Golden, a little bit more familiarity with that offense, the way that they have brought in Cards via the transfer portal. Zion Poland, you bring in Walter Clayton, Micah Hanglotten down low. I really like what they've been able to do. We both have talked glowingly about Auburn, bringing back G&I Broom, adding a little bit of three-point shooting. I think with the SEC, there isn't necessarily that one juggernaut team this year, but I feel like this could be much like what we've seen in the Big Ten. Granted, I think that the SEC is going to do much better in the NCAA tournament than the Big Ten has in recent years because you've got a little bit more versatility with the styles, but I just don't look at the SEC and I see necessarily that one team that's going to be dominant, but I see a lot of teams where they should be in like that top 15, top 20 range in terms of the preseason polls, but without necessarily that top four, top five-ish team. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I think you look at this group and, you know, I kind of made my early power rankings tiers because that's hard to, to really go one through 14 right now until we just know officially what these rosters are going to look like. Still a couple moving parts, as we know, for a couple teams. But, yeah, I mean, I you know, for me, I, I had the Tennessee and an Arkansas probably ahead of everyone else just as of right now before certain things are official, like we talked about with Nelson. I think once maybe he does make it official with Alabama, I'd probably, you know, be pretty close to moving Alabama into that same tier with the Tennessee and an Arkansas. But that's not to ignore what Auburn could be, what Ole Miss could be if they get some of those guys – you know, eligible right away that, that are two-time transfers, as we know. You know, then you're looking at teams like Florida, as you mentioned. And Mississippi State, I think, is a little bit under the radar. A&M, I don't think, is really going anywhere. Are they going to have the same season they had last year? I don't know about that. Kentucky, as well, I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. Who knows what to make of Kentucky right now? But there are a lot of teams that, you know, you mentioned that really could be top 25 type teams. I don't know if they're going to be the number one team in the country. I don't know if they're going to be the number five team in the country. But I do think that there are a lot of teams in here 
that you could wind up seeing, you know, as three to five, six type seeds in the NCAA tournament. And I just think that's what you're looking at just with how these, these rosters have been built for probably over half of the league, in all honesty. And you brought up Kentucky, so let's hit upon that <laughs> right about now. It's Blake Lovell. He does great work over at Southeastern 14. He's joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And I will reiterate this. This is not to be a Kentucky hater by any stretch of the imagination, but it just blows my mind that this team – has not brought in a single guy via the transfer portal. I, I can't remember a situation quite like Antonio Reeves where there's all this smoke about Antonio Reeves going into the transfer portal and everything like that. We have yet to see it, though. As of right now, Antonio Reeves is on the roster for Kentucky. What is happening there? Nobody knows, but Kentucky, just time and time again, they've gone after these transfers. I mean, they were right there in the running for Hunter Dickinson. They were right there in the running for many of these top guards. They have swung and missed every single time. What do you make out of this Kentucky team? Because they've got one of the best freshman classes that is going to be coming in, and they no doubt have talent, but we've seen it every time. Kentucky just doesn't have experience. Even if you go back to that title team with Anthony Davis, they even had just a little bit of backcourt experience that helped them out. Right now, Kentucky has none of that. Yeah, it is interesting because I can remember you know, doing a story, I don't know, probably three, four years ago now, and it was on, man, Kentucky is really starting to embrace the transfer portal. And we've seen that as kind of the theme for them in the past several seasons. And, and it's been a necessity, right? Because we know kind of the era that we're in, you have to be able to navigate the transfer portal successfully to be able to build your team against the other teams that are doing that. And this team has not. And like you said, it is very wild to think that Kentucky does not have a single player transfer-wise coming in right now when you look around at the teams that we just mentioned, whether it is Tennessee, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Alabama, and so forth, Florida. I mean, there are a lot of teams that I think got considerably better via the transfer portal. Kentucky is going to be very, very talented. There's no denying that. All these freshmen are very, very talented. But the difference is the one trend we continue to see in college basketball is that some of these teams that are getting older via the portal are finding ways to have success, not maybe right away, but eventually when it really counts in March, they're able to put it all together after getting everybody kind of on the same page, building that chemistry. This is going to be a different challenge because that's the thing, Greg, is And Antonio Reeves coming back would have been great just to have someone there that is older and to be able to kind of, you know, play off of these other guys um, that are younger and have not been in college basketball before. And now if you don't have that, it is just glaring. I mean, there is no other way to put it. And that's like I said, you could certainly say Kentucky is, I mean, not just the ultimate wild card of the SEC, but ultimate wild card nationally because we can say, all right, go back a decade ago to when Cal was winning with his you know, freshman. It's not a decade ago in college basketball anymore. It's a completely different landscape. Teams are building in a completely different way and they're having success with it. It's proven. It seems like Kentucky is going to have to go back a decade ago to try to have the success in, you know, the now that they were having then with a formula that I just don't know that is going to work necessarily the way they want it to. And I can't help but just take a look at the odds board over at DraftKings in terms of odds to win the national title. Kentucky is the short. It, Kentucky has the fourth shortest odds to be able to win the national championship. I think we're. Yep, I just heard you laugh. We're both in agreement wow. that that is way, way too short. And it's not to say that Kentucky doesn't have talent, because I mean, if these freshmen all flourish, I mean, this could be on paper the number four team when it's all said and done. And Kentucky, I think, is going to be playing much better in March 
than they are going to be in, say, November slash December. But, yeah, I can't buy that whatsoever. When they put them as a uh, as a shorter team to be able to win the national championship than the likes of Arkansas, than the likes of Houston, Alabama, that to me just feels very much off base. As we do have Blake Lovell, who does amazing work over at Southeastern 14, joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops and Kentucky. I've picked a lot on Kentucky, so we do need to bring this up. Who are some other teams that you've taken a look at this offseason and you thought, man, I wish they did a little bit more in the transfer portal slash in the offseason? Because I do take a look at the offseason for Marquette. Now, it worked out tremendously for them last offseason, but they have not added really anyone in via the transfer portal. Once again, worked out very well for them last offseason, but they do lose Olivine, Maximines, Prosper. That is going to be a little bit of a loss for them. Was expecting them to do a little bit more. And UCLA has been a little bit silent as well. I feel like they could use another body or two just because I do think that depth is going to be very much lacking for them. But are there a few teams, whether that be in the SEC or nationally, that you also take a look at them and you think, man, they just have not really done a whole heck of a lot this offseason? Yeah, I think UCLA was an interesting one you, you brought up, Greg, because I think that's a team that, that now with Mick Cronin there, of course, we, we kind of know what the expectations are. Year in and year out, and I mean, he's proven it, right? It was initially when the hire was made, there were a lot of questions. We remember kind of the, I don't know, fiasco is the right word that led to, to him ultimately being the head coach. You know, we talked about other candidates, but now this is going to be his fifth season. And, you know, we kind of saw what they became last year and, you know, losing to the Zags in the Sweet 16. But that is now a program that feels like it's kind of back to really trying to be a top five team year in and year out every single season, competing for a national championship, getting to a Final Four. So, yeah, I think that's one that's kind of interesting, like we talked about. If you look back, we knew kind of the, the familiar faces that were there that, that sort of helped them transform back into what they become. So you could certainly look at it from a depth standpoint, like you mentioned. I'm just looking over their roster. That could be something we kind of look at with depth a little bit and really try to see you know, exactly what that's going to look like for them. But really outside of Kentucky, I mean, I think that's probably the most obvious one on a national scale is is just what has kind of become of this Kentucky roster to this point in mid-June. But I mean, I think UCLA is probably a really good example just based on that's another team that has high expectations. You know, another piece or two could have kind of given you a little more of that added depth, you know, going into the Pac-12 again next season, which as always should be a very fascinating conference. Just seeing some of the pickups that, you know, Arizona's made in the offseason and, and what happens with a couple of those other teams that seem to maybe be on the way up there that, that are kind of in the middle right now. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, I find it to be so interesting as well with Arizona. They bring in Johnson and guess who was in on him? Kentucky. So yep. I mean, we're seeing a theme here. It has been a very rough offseason for them as Kashaw Johnson going over to Arizona and spurning Kentucky is certainly something to take a look at as joining me on the show. We do have Blake Lobel over at Southeastern 14. And then something else that we saw in recent days as well, I take a look at Kansas State, and they've really been able to make a nice run in the portal here late. And we don't see a lot of teams have success with it. But as we know, Kansas State, they did an amazing job late in the portal last offseason. They got a guy by the name of Keontae Johnson, and I believe it was either super late July or August. So actually later than it is right now here in the portal. But they picked up Arthur Kaluma a couple days ago. Tyler Perry is someone that committed to them a few weeks ago, but that certainly wasn't an early pickup as well. What have been your overall thoughts on Kansas State this offseason? Because I feel like they're utilizing the same blueprint from last offseason. Marquis Sowell was a little bit of a smaller guard. They bring in a little bit of a smaller, just jitterbug scorer in general, Tyler Perry. And in my opinion, they get a good replacement for Keontae Johnson and Arthur Kaluma. 
obviously don't think that Kaluma is going to be the same as Johnson, but I think they've done a good job of picking up those pieces here in the offseason. Yeah, I'm glad you brought them up because that was going to probably be the, the opposite if you'd ask the opposite answer in terms of or the question of you know, who is maybe done a bit more than maybe people will give them credit for in terms of maybe being a little bit underrated. And I think with a Kaluma pickup, I would certainly group Kansas State into that that category. You talked about Perry. I mean, someone coming over a guard that, I mean, look, he can score, you know, just kind of all the different things he can do and what he did at North Texas. So I think adding him to the mix, adding Kaluma, like you said, it's probably not fair to, to compare him necessarily to Keontae Johnson. They're different players, but that's a significant pickup, I think, for Jerome Tang. And I think that's what you're seeing, too. And you talked about it, just sort of the way they're building the roster. I mean, look, he was at Baylor for a long time. If there's anyone that really understands just what you have to do to build a roster to the point to where it is sustainable, you know, for the long haul, even in a transfer era, right, where we know rosters can flip every single season, I think Jerome Tang is someone that that really understands what you have to do there. And I think just getting Kaluma was a big one because once again, Greg, who else was in on Kaluma? We know it was Kentucky. And so yeah. uh, when you're comparing them to, to these other teams, I think K-State is sitting pretty and looking back on it. There's a reason why I think Jerome Tang was such a hot commodity. I mean, even some of the teams in the SEC that made coaching changes, I know we brought him up as a possibility, but Kansas State did a home run, and I don't think there's any doubting that based on his first go-around. I totally agree with you. I think that Jerome Tang is doing an absolutely excellent job over at Kansas State. And is there anyone a little bit more at the mid-major level that you do think is going a bit under the radar with regards to some of the moves that they've made? Because Kansas State certainly is one of those power conference teams. I look at them, and I really love what they've done, but... Has there been any majors that really stand out? Because I take a look at a team like a UC Santa Barbara. They're one that I think bringing in Abadou Treyer and guys like this, they've been able to do a rock-solid job. But are there any that come to mind for you that you think, hey, this is a team that's going to be able to really rise up this season? Yeah, I mean, look, that's another one. And, you know, just for me, having the, the familiarity with the Big West, I mean, Joe Pasternak has also been someone that I think has proven what they can do at Santa Barbara is a sustainable thing. Greg, I can't tell you how many times over the years we've talked about, and this was probably early in the transfer portal portion of things, we just kept saying, you know what, man, the Big West just gets all their players taken by everybody else, and it's just, man, you feel bad for these coaches sometimes having to go out and rebuild everything. But when you look at what you know he's done by bringing in someone like Traor from Auburn, think about the expectations for Traor whenever he came into Auburn. Everybody's kind of thinking, all right, this guy is – the future there, but ultimately, you know, makes a decision to transfer, goes to Santa Barbara with Pasternak. And so I think when you look at that roster now and what he can do, I mean, it is, it's, it's one of those situations where the success they have, and I think this goes for other big West schools as well. I mean, we've seen it with Irvine. We've seen it with some of the other teams that have had success there. You just kind of understand that sometimes your best players may not stay the full time. You try to get the most out of it to keep your program moving in the right direction. But I think when you bring in a player like that, and add him to the mix, that just kind of shows you what you can do, I think, in terms of, yes, there may be a ceiling in terms of you're not going to be a number one seed in the tournament or anything like that, but you can rebuild your roster just as other teams are doing if you have the right coach in place. And obviously, Pasternak coming over you know, from Arizona being there understood sort of the, the value of being able to get talent and, and put them in the right place. And you see how he's developed some of the guys they've had there. And, and that's a big reason they've had the success they've had in the, in the Big West. So I'm glad you brought that one up because I think the Big West – is a conference when you look at some of these transfers, they may not necessarily just pop out immediately sometimes, but man, that coaching roster there, I always say it, it's one that you just continue to see these guys sort of put players in the right spot, 
whether it's high-profile guys they bring in from somewhere else that, that want to transfer out and get more playing time, or maybe it's some of these under-radar under the radar transfers that you don't really think a lot about, maybe left a power conference school, wasn't the right fit for whatever reason. They come in and they play a big role at these different places. So, yeah, it's just such a fascinating league, I think, every single season. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the ability of that still, what I believe is one of the probably more stacked coaching rosters on the mid-major level. With the Big West, I totally agree with you. There are so many good teams in this conference. UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara. Hey, CSUN has been picking up some guys yeah. over the last few days as well. I know that they're bringing in someone like a G&I Hunt. That is going to be able to help them out quite a bit. So I'm so glad that we were able to give them a little bit of love. I always have to give you a lot of love, Blake, because you do an amazing job. Take a look at this sport 12 months out of the year. You do amazing work over at Southeastern 14, and I know that you're getting set with previews as well. So love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, always appreciate it, Greg. Like you said, uh, the SEC stuff, uh, it is uh, Southeastern 14. You go to YouTube, search for Southeastern 14. We got a lot of SEC basketball stuff we're doing this summer, um, you know, doing our transfer rankings, kind of looking at position by position, our top five rankings for the SEC teams and just a lot of good stuff in there. So check it out, Southeastern 14 on YouTube. Yeah, everything else college basketball related, you can follow me on Twitter at the Blake Bubble. Blake does an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at the game of college basketball and every single time he joins his podcast, lends tremendous insights. A big thanks to Blake for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa family of podcasts. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at jaden underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters DM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via the five-star review. Conference previews are getting heated up. You're going to be hearing those the next few days, but I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. In the offseason, looking at the news and notes of college basketball and these conference previews, and then once we get in season, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day, so always enjoy being on this podcast. Appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.